Yeah, my man, abstract. we got so hype up here. The room shut down, man. That was crazy. What? <laughs> my abstract. Hey, you see that energy we bring, Miss Wendy? Locker room's not uh, not ready for it, you know. Miss Wendy, tell you, Miss Wendy, when yeah. I say I protect, when I get when I get uh, going on here, it's hard to. I didn't shut the I didn't shut the app down. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, I'm just trying to get Sheba back on. I'm gonna be right back with you, okay? Yeah, she was talking. She was about to spit some game, and then I was like, whoop! I was like, oh my goodness. I know, but one sec. I'm just talking to her now to get her back up for you. Hold okay. On. Nah, but, but Scott, just a little shameless plug here for y'all, man. Continue to do what y'all doing. I, I love it. I'm a big fan, for real. Yeah, well, hey, man, we appreciate all the all the support and advocacy you do for us, man. You know, you, you're the president, bro. You don't have to give us the love and support. Nah, I got, hey, anybody, I, man, look, support is free and real recognize real. I love that y'all bringing, y'all, y'all amplifying the, the woman, the queen voice, man. Right, that's that's invaluable to me because I got my I'm, I'm training my little goddaughter to get on here soon. So I know that she'll definitely be in those title league rooms. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. We uh, she was putting some fire and then we cut her well, off. She's by back now. <laughs> Miss Sheba, you, you brought the house down. <laughs> I said, dang, I got I got to step my energy up next time when I come. I got to get y'all see that. There we go. There you go. There we go, Miss Sheba. Hey, take the floor again. I'm back. Here we go. Like like Mike, like MJ. Here we go. Out here closing up, closing up shop. <laughs> so, um, Sheba, did you want to continue? Okay. So the question was like, how did you do it with a fa- with no father figure? You know, or whatever? Sheba, yeah. I, 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 yeah. let's 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 do a, a, a unprecedented thing here. You know what? Cancel oh. that father question. Okay. What do you need to see from men? in today's society to protect women like you. I, I had a room last night. Had mm-hmm. a guys try to get froggy with me and try to, you know, disrespect women. That was shut down. So forget the father question. Let's bring it back to the women. What do you need to see men do, not on locker room, but in the society to make sure you all are protected? Question for you. So thank you for asking that question. That is very, very, very important. What I think we need to see from men to support and protect women is actually support women Mm -hmm. in using their voices, support women in their causes. When you help a woman, you help the entire family. So you should support women in that regard, whether it's, uh, I don't, what, you know, whatever it is, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, mental, whether it's physical, support women and encourage them, support them, cheerlead them to use their voices and their platform to help others. And you just do it collectively. It is what it is. Oh, and for me, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about respect. Yes. Amen. Respect us as oh, women yes. first. Yes. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Um, and if you're going to, don't just talk about an action, just be about that action. Just do it. For right. us, we don't want to hear about it. We want to see mm-hmm. it. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to, don't, don't talk your action. Just do it. That's and right. Be by our side through it all. Not when it's convenient. Exactly. Look, I'm going to close with this. I, I, as, as Scott said, and that's very humbling, he thinks of me as the president of this app. The one thing is, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking on the right side of history. And like I said, as long as I got breath in my body, I'll be protecting women on here, not just because it's the cool thing, it's the right thing to do. Got a goddaughter that's coming up that wants to be in the WNBA. She nice. sees it. I would hate for her to grow up and say, Wayne, I remember on October the 5th, 2025, you didn't, um, you know, fight yeah. that troll for me. So that's what we're going to do. Thank you for uh, coming on here and giving us your time. And I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of y'all. Thank, Thank you. Man. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. All right, well, Larry, we'll get you, you'll get you up next. And we'll have Emily after, Larry. Okay. Um. Thanks for having me. Hello, ladies. How are you doing today? Hey, Larry. Good awesome. Thanks for asking. Oh, I love that quote. Um. When you when you support women, you support the whole family. Yes. That, that was great. Thank you. Um, honestly, I didn't even know about your kids being athletes, but I know of you. When I saw the name, I'm like, that sounds familiar. I've seen you on <laughs> TED Talk before. Yep. 
So, um, yeah, I just randomly watch TED Talks every now and then because they can be very inspirational or educational. Mm-hmm. But um, have you ever had to have those types of conversations about fear and channeling your fear with your own kids? And the question is for you as well, Wendy. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thanks for asking that question. And yes. And so the kids would never admit that they're afraid of something, but you know, that's what it is as a parent. And so we would talk about it, not fear, but we would talk about the solution, not the problem. You know the problem, but how are we going to solve it? Because we don't want to stay in the problem that long. How are we going to solve it? Well, we're going to focus on something. We're going to fix our mindset. We're going to take action every day, and we are going to be relentless with this thing until we get the outcome that we want. So, yes, we did that all the time, and they grew up like that, and that was a lifestyle for them where you would focus on the solution and walk your way through it the entire time until we get the outcome that we wanted. So, yes. I like to take a negative and turn it into a positive. You know, Larry, it's funny you asked that question. I was writing it down. So for me to ask Sheba, because so, <laughs> I watched her TED Talk as well, her and your, your hashtag fear movement. I absolutely love it. And for me, it's pretty much the same thing. My kids weren't taught to live in fear. They mm. didn't even understand or know what it was. They just knew everything about confidence. However, I saw fear in my son when he went undrafted. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I actually saw him scared. And I realized, like, wow, like, you know, what I mean? it's human to be to to be scared or something. But really, at the end of the day, it's how you deal with it. So yes. When you're talking about focus, it, it was more about how do you move forward? Yes. How do you advance? And you know what I mean? And we encouraged him because. Fear is not something that anybody should have to ever, ever live by or face. And now my kids are in great positions. Um, and our family is all about, just like I said before, moving forward and, and just fear be gone. That's right. That's yeah. right. Thank you for the question, Larry. Um, so for anybody that doesn't tune in regularly, Courtside Moms are released every Wednesday. Sheba's episode will be, will be released on Wednesday as well. And she has a great story on when Amir went undrafted as well. So you guys got to tune into that. I have Emily up next. Yeah, good afternoon, ladies. Um, Good afternoon, afternoon, Scott. Um, So I have a couple questions. Um, But first, I wanted to say thank you for kind of talking about the importance of, especially with a a child who is high, you know, really high performing. My phone is ringing. Really high performing, uh, you know, like excelling in something, um, but making sure that your love is not conditional on their success. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that um, yes. my sister has a three-year-old and is, an, is expecting twins. So I feel like I'm kind of de facto learning about parenting, um, <laughs> being around little ones all the time now. But um, I wanted to know um, kind of what things you did to make sure um, your children knew that, you know, despite being so, um, so great at something, um, how they knew that like your love was not conditional on the, on that success. And secondly, um, what you both did to make sure that you not necessarily had the tools that you needed to like know how to navigate the process, but you had the tools that you needed in order to like have yourself together and be able to still be like the best parent that you could to your kid because a parenting is hard anyway, but B parenting someone and like parenting a child who's going through this process. I can't even imagine. Um, so, you know, having that self care obviously, um, is crucial. So I was curious about that. Well, I'll, I can say this is Wendy, um, for Cam, Cam's father and I weren't together since he was two years old. However, Kim, you would never even know because we remained very close, like best friends. And he went on to get married. And to this day, we're still family. Um, his wife and, and I actually watched Kim play together. So for us, we Kim grew up with family. He grew up with love. He grew up with his father's family and then my family and then his stepmom's family. So Kim was the only kid that we would laugh and say, you have three grandmothers, three grandfathers. And so everybody treated him normal. Everybody treated him with love. We didn't want it to be this fight. And that does make a difference for a child and especially a child who's going to be eventually in the limelight. Um, 
And when Cam would come home, to your second question, we allowed him just to be Cam. You're not Cam that superstar. You're just Cam. Just be you. Be yourself. You know what I mean? We, were, we, we allowed him that time to decompress because that's important for an athlete just to be able to come home and be you. We love you no matter what you do. We loved him when he, was, when he went undrafted. We loved him when he went to, to Europe. You know what I mean? When he wasn't making any money and he was fighting his way through. He, it was all love, but he was blessed that he had love from everybody. Wow, wow, wow. I totally agree to Wendy's point. You know, we were a close-knit family as well. And you just love your children unconditionally. Like, I don't even know any other way. So, I mean, you love and support them no matter what. You support them and cheer them on when they have good grades. You you support them and cheer them on when they make good decisions or when they pick good friends or they're around like-minded people. So it's not just always about sports. It's just about being a good person. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. You love them and support them no matter what. You don't get too high in basketball. You don't get too low in basketball. It's all about being uh, being a really good person and being the type of person that you want to be, whether somebody's watching or not. They say your character is who you are when nobody's watching. And so that was the biggest thing. And you just love them across the board. It does not have anything to do with sports. They just happen to be good at it. And you love them through it all. You praise them through it all. You support them through it all. You hold them accountable when they do something wrong. You talk through it. You have hella high expectations, but you still praise and love and support but hold them accountable and and that's what we did embracing the whole person totally yes 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 absolutely and how do you take care of yourself oh how do you take care of yourself good question i haven't had a hot meal the whole time the kids were young i think the last (laughs) time i had a hot meal or the first time i had a hot meal was before they were born and then after they finished um college Seriously, yeah. <laughs> seriously, you, you, you put yourself last as a mom and I'm not saying you should do that, but that's how it happens. Cause for me, I'm constantly cooking. You're always going to have a home cooked meal. I'm constantly driving you someplace. I'm constantly helping you. I'm at every teacher's conference, parent teacher's conference. Everybody knows me. I'm at everything. I'm at every game. Sometimes I got to sneak out of one at halftime to make it to the other one because two kids are playing at the same time and you kind of burn the candle on both ends. Trust you pass out a lot. You have a lot of bad hair days and that type of situation, but you really, really make it work. And, um, you know, you just make it work and, and you say your prayers through it all. It's a great problem to have. And you laugh a lot along the way and you enjoy the journey because as hectic as it is, it goes by so fast. I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean you need to borrow the keys to the car? What? Like, when yeah. did you even grow up? <laughs> and then Amir would look down on me. I'm brushing teeth. And I'm like, how did he get to be that tall? I'm like, when did that happen? And he's like looking down on me like I'm super short and I'm tall. I'm 5'11 and I wear heels in the house just to still be short but he's, he's like mom you the shortest one in the house and I'm looking up at him look, needing a ladder saying yeah but I'm still in charge so you just enjoy the journey because it goes by fast and you try to do things where you can steal some time for yourself to have some quiet time like when I take a bath I take a candlelit bath it's a bubble bath but it's my time I have time to go to the spa but I'm going to steal that bath time um, you know, I might get up a little bit earlier than I normally would because I'm making them a homemade breakfast in the morning, but I'm going to get up 15 minutes and I'm going to meditate or I'm going to say my prayers so I can have some me time and some thank you time and some gratitude time. I start every day with a gratitude session, being thankful for everything that's going on in my life, even if it's wrapped in sandpaper, because some good is going to come out of it. It's teaching me something. So you steal moments of me time. Locking yourself in the bathroom, taking a 15-minute candle bath and gratitude sessions in the morning to set the tone for the day. And you know what, Sheba? Uh, yeah. As moms, are, we just nurture our kids. It's, it's just nature. It's, it's natural for us just to get up and do everything that we have to do for our kids. And like you're saying, you know, we don't eat. We don't even realize we don't even eat until we're starving. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're running through the day, running through this gym or whatever sports that your other kids are playing and you're just running and running and running and that's to me in my mind that's what we're supposed to do as moms like I I, right I I can't see it any other way I my kids will tell me I have a game and I would know that before I would have everything ready to go 
Like my kids right. live on the go. You know what I mean? We That's had right. like our trunk was full with snacks because we had a game to get to <laughs> from the game. You know, doing homework in the car, running to games in another another country. Like I would leave Canada with my kids in the back seat and say, "Okay, let's go," because Cam has a game ten hours away. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. So it's like, and that was natural. That was. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, my other son had a football game. We got to hurry up. We gotta, that's, that's what we had to do. It's as a mom, so I'm thinking me time. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know when I had me time. Like, that was my me time. My me time's now. And Kem's in the NBA and I'm 47. This is, this is it. This is my me time right now on locker room. I love that you said that, Wendy. I love that you said that. You're talking about you had snacks in the car. That's just like me. I carried a loaf of bread and I carried sandwich meat and mustard because we are not going to McDonald's. We're not eating processed food. And my kids hated it, absolutely hated it. So then when there were homeless people up the side of the street holding up a sign, the kids would put down the window and give them a loaf of bread. I'm like, y'all think y'all slick. Like y'all were trying to give out the goodness of your heart, but y'all was trying to get away to McDonald's. That's funny. So, yeah. And then having them, they do their homework, but I'm, I'm like, go to bed and I'll type it. It'll be ready when you wake up or whatever for breakfast. And then I'm getting dressed in the car with them. But like you said, we got a road trip. So we got all kind of clothes in the car. I'm getting dressed in the car and you wouldn't yes. have it any other way, but they provide some hilarious stories. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I remember road trips with my kids. Oh yeah. And, yes. A lot of those. Yeah. But here's what you're asking, Emily. Yeah. As a mom, the, the, yeah the me time comes a little later I guess yes not to scare you off but <laughs> oh no I'm not afraid but if you had, what, like you know I'm I'm looking at it my, my sister and I live in the same you know in the same city so right. when it comes to like things I can be able to do for her um, right. now she's gonna jump from one to three so um I'm just, I'm just trying to like you know bank up the ideas now in ways yep. that I can you know be there for her. Um, but I I totally understand the stories you're telling. I feel like my mom knew my schedule and me better than I knew myself. Um, yep. And I love that analogy that you had, Sheba, about you know having the gifts of life, but sometimes they're wrapped in sandpaper. Um, I appreciate your time so much. Thank, Thank you. you, Emily. Thanks, Emily. Appreciate you coming up, Sheba. How did you decide on? Um, what games you guys are going to because Sydney was in New York and Nia was in uh, Chicago. Right. So, okay. So I would try to do the games over the weekend, like a Friday, Saturday or a Sunday. So I wouldn't have to take a whole lot of time off of work. So that dictated when I would be in New York. And then in Chicago, it was like really, you know, six and a half hours away. But with me driving, it might've been five. Don't tell nobody I didn't get any tickets, but uh, I would, I would, I would go to Chicago, drive to Chicago really quick, watch the game and then come back home or something like that. So I would make it to New York at least twice a month and I would be in Chicago at least twice a month, if not more, because Chicago was a lot closer and I could just hop in the car. And then Amir played in Minnesota, so that's like 20 minutes away. But it dictated like what days it was because I tried not to take too many games off when I took games off uh, or time off, then I'm going to, you know, overseas or something like that. But no matter what, I'm going to get there. If it's on Mars, I'm going to get there. <laughs> Love it. We'll get, uh, I mean, you know Kurt, but Kurt has a question. Thanks, Scott. Well, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed listening. Um, the question I have for you, Shiva, is with Amir growing up, watching his sisters just ball out at Hopkins and then obviously get to the ne next level and Amir's coming through, we've seen so much support really just in the last, like, 18 months of the women's game. The WNBA is taking tremendous strides. It's getting national coverage. Mm -hmm. We're seeing guys in the league wear the orange hoodie to, to show their love. So for Amir, has it always been natural to, to show love for his sisters? And okay, so is this going to get back to Amir? Are we having a candid conversation? <laughs> 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 okay. You know, I'm laughing, but I'm serious. So early on, Amir was bored to death with watching the girls. And he would be at every single solitary game because he had no choice growing up. So in junior high and high school, but he'd be playing video games or playing on his phone and not paying attention a lick. It just is what it is. I'm like, Amir, why aren't you paying attention? Why aren't you cheering? He's like, Mom, it's, it's not exciting. I'm like, that is so rude. But since then and since going to college, he has... Uh, matured 
and he totally supports uh, his sisters and he totally supports women's sports. And now it's more exciting. And so now he's all in. But prior to, they could not compete with video games. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my next question on that, who's the best shooter in that? Oh, my goodness. You're opening a can of worms. I hope this is not. I hope. I hope this is not tape. I hope this won't come back to bite. So let's be real strategic. <laughs> let's just say Sydney will say I am the best free throw shooter in the house and I'm not a gambler. But if you had your last dollar, I might have to put my money on Sydney because she's not going to miss a free throw 99% of the time. And then Nia will be like, you're crazy. But Sydney had that sweet touch. And Amir, be, shh, don't tell nobody. He's going to make one and he's going to miss one. I mean, sometimes he'll hit both of them and then sometimes they'll rim out. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then so Sydney still holds supreme and she's still talking trash. And she's like, I'm the best free throw shooter in the house and if you get her going she's like i'm the best shooter in the house and the rest of y'all can follow but the other <laughs> two will take issue and it'll be a knockdown drag out we gonna go out take this outside <laughs> i feel like i'm with you on that sydney's by far the best shooter in the fam um <laughs> but i i've seen uh amir he his three-point game is nice i mean he had one of his early debuts with the clippers i think he knocked down five threes Yes, you know, honestly, thank you for bringing that up. And he's been doing good. And honestly, you know, I love the support in the NBA and I love the support in the WNBA. One of the other moms, the Clipper moms, texts me, I can't keep up with everything. And Amir, at least since started, at least last week, was in first place for three point percentage lead in the Clippers, which is amazing. It's not like he's a starter or anything like that. But he has been working on his game. You know, he went undrafted. And so he's constantly trying to work on his game and constantly trying to improve. His shot is one of those things that he's working on at three-point, and it's working. Um, oftentimes it will fall. So you can see the work that he's putting in is coming out on the other side. And so The hard work is that. working. That's, yes. that's the best part. So Absolutely. because he was undrafted and he's on, you know, essentially a one-year deal with his two-way, Right. It may end up being in his favor because he's going to sign a nice contract and not be stuck on a on a, you know, hard or crappy four year deal from the second round. You, you know what? I like the way you think. And, and I think that everything worked out in his favor and everything is going to work out for his good. So I honestly think his situation now is a blessing in disguise and it's going to work out perfectly. I believe that. Beauty. My last question, and then I'll pass it, pass the mic. Um, when you see him, he's got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Is Does that even like hit home yet? Is that real? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem real to me. And I, I don't know if it seems real to him. You know, I, w I always ask him, I'm like, what do you think about the guys? He just says everybody's cool. But in the beginning, it's like you look up to some of these players and then all of a sudden you're playing with them. So you got to You got to. You got to adjust because it's like, I can't be a fan, even though I'm a fan. Be quiet. Don't tell nobody. I'm still a fan. And you love the opportunity to learn from them. You love the opportunity to uh, play with them and learn from them. And so it's an adjustment and it's, it's still kind of unbelievable, but keep that a secret. We're going to keep that. We're going to keep it a secret. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. And we'll get um, Akil up next. Yo, what up, Scott? Um, Thanks for coming on. Um, I had a quick question. Uh, the big thing that's been going on around Twitter, of course, is a WNBA jersey gate at random dick sporting goods around the around the United States of America. Um, what have been some of your favorite ones that you kind of saw people on Twitter? Um, have you been following? Uh, I'm not sure if that was to me or uh, not, yeah, to you. Um... Sorry about that. Honestly, I haven't been following. Don't don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. You know what? Nia's overseas right now, and I follow her overseas. Wherever she is is where, where I follow. So I haven't been active on Twitter. To be honest, what you said right now, I didn't even know what know what was going on. So I'm sorry, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh no, you're good. You're good. Um, for sure. All right, well, that that was it. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, Scott, thanks again as always, my. Appreciate you, Akil. Thank you. Uh, we'll get to Elijah and then Jesse up after. Elijah, you're up. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you for uh, the opportunity. Um, currently, the WNBA has a rule that 
requires players to be 22 years old to enter the draft. With the recent success of like the UConn freshman Paige Beckers, that brought up the question, should WNBA players be allowed the same opportunity as the NBA prospects to be one and done? I mean, how do you all feel about that? Whoever has an answer to that or an opinion on that? You, you know, I feel strongly about it should be consistent across the board, and it, it just isn't, but I would like to see it be consistent across the board. Simultaneously, I also have to say there's not as much money in women's basketball, professional women's basketball, as there is in men's basketball. And so I would – I want consistency one rule for everybody at the same time for women's basketball. If you do one and done and you don't get your degree, I feel like you cheat yourself. You absolutely cheat yourself because right now you cannot make as, uh, as much money as a man can unless you start your own business and it thrives and soars um, and you cheat yourself at an education. So I don't know if that's contradictory and if that answers your question or not, but I'd like to be I'd like to see it consistent. And don't get me wrong, if a guy is one and done too, he also cheats himself out of education as well. But you also get the education so you can make as much money as you possibly can. And I would like to see it consistent. And I would like to see more women or, or more money in women's basketball. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Great answer. Just so you guys know, um, Sheba got to see Paige grow up in front of her eyes. She's, uh, her daughter Nia and Paige went to the same school, so she's a big fan of Paige as well. Uh, Wendy has a question, actually, Sheba. Okay. Um, hey, Sheba. Hi. Um, <laughs> so with the kid's dad, Richard Coffey, playing pros, mm -hmm. did they ever watch the throwback games to see how he played? <laughs> no, we didn't have any time for that. Yeah. Like, we're playing basketball <laughs> eight days a week. We're in the gym. We're at games. We're in tournaments. Honest to goodness, oftentimes during AAU, we, all three of them would be in different states at the same yeah. time. So it's like, you go with this one, I'll go with this one, we'll send this one to somebody else. The next weekend, we'd rotate. We had zero time for throwback anything. If you were home, you were throwing back some food, and you were throwing back some homework, and you might be throwing back some sleep. We didn't have time for that. We just didn't. Seriously. I love it. I love it. And, and then they would have their friends over, too, and girls are doing whatever girls do, and Amir and his friends and his crew are doing video games. We did not have time for that. Okay, just curious. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, how are, how's everyone doing? Um, I have a question. So, you know, with the added media coverage for the NCAA uh, women's tournament, um, viewership was, a, uh, you know, the highest it's been in a very long time. And I, I'm a firm believer with better coverage comes more exposure, makes it more of a popular uh, sport. I cover the wings on my podcast and I write about WNBA and, and women's sports in general uh, with my, my website. So it's like, I think that we as more like the amateur podcaster, the, the writers, all the people uh, putting out more content um, on WNBA and women's sports in general, I think is going to make the the sport much, much bigger, I think. And um, what do you think about with that added coverage? How do you think the future of the WNBA will be impacted? Uh, so that's a really huge question and a big question, and I wish I was psychic so I would know the answer. I agree with you that the coverage makes it more uh, more popular and and the game is getting more respect and that type of thing. I don't know what that's going to look like moving forward. I hope somehow it attracts more money. I hope the players make some more money. The girls are phenomenal. They work hard. They put on a show and they deserve more money. That's how I feel about it. But I, who knows what's going to happen? You know, when some people say, you know, we like it, we support it. Okay, show me the money. Put your money where your mouth is. What does that really look like? Provide some more opportunities. Pro provide some more salary. I don't know what that looks like. I love the WNBA. I love their their uh, the fan support. 
and I like where the game is going. I mean, I like to see it exponentially like multiplied in terms of the women being able to earn more money because sports is temporary. You can't play for long. So you got to make as much money while you can in that short period of time. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what that looks like, but I'd like to see more money. Um, but I love the, the respect of, that the game is getting. And I love the awareness that the game is getting. And I want more. Right. And, and another thing is like, you know, we saw this with other leagues, too. We saw it with the NBA. They were struggling and, you know, um, at, at different parts. Then they had the merger. And then you had, you know, the the Larry and, and Magic duo that kind of saved the league. So, like, all new leagues, regardless of, you know, the content of it, are going to struggle at some point. And then you think it's it's a bleak situation. And then it just catches steam and, and gets really popular. So, hopefully, hopefully they'll work. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I love is the uh, sisterhood, brotherhood support. I love that the NBA is very supportive of the WNBA, and I hope that makes a difference. I feel like it's making a difference in popularity when you see the players supporting and uh, supporting the girl, the women players, and 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 shouting them out on on their platforms and that nature. All of that is helpful. I appreciate the question. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. We'll get Bree up next. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes. Awesome. Hi, Sheba and Hi. everybody else. Uh, this has been super awesome discussion. I've loved hearing all your answers. Um, I'm actually living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've been here for about five years. Um, and my boyfriend actually used to play for the Gophers right before Amir got there. Uh, it is. Um, and so I was actually curious from... Uh, the Gopher standpoint, I know that Amir was with Patino and he just recently left and they hired Ben Johnson. I was wondering kind of what your thoughts are, what your thoughts were as a mom and, um, and having coach Patino and what your thoughts are on their new hire and kind of the future for the Gophers. So, you know what I, um, I, I like all coaches who have an interest in my child and Patino had an interest in my child and, um, I have a story. I don't even know if I should share it or not. Uh, before, when Patino first came to town, obviously you don't know everybody. And uh, we were in, I think, South Carolina at some tournament or something like that. I'm in a restaurant and I needed the chair at the next, no, uh, Patino's table needed the chair at my table because they were short a chair. <laughs> and so, um, so he asked, hey, can I, can I have this chair or something like that? And then I said, um, I said something like it's going to cost you. But I was joking because I play all the time. I'm laughing all the time. And then I said, uh, I said, you know, you know, my son is your is your number one recruit or something like that. And he's looking at me like, what? Like this lady must be crazy or something. <laughs> and, and, and so he's like, what on earth are you talking about? I was like, call your father. And then and then, no, it was it was Patino, the father, not the one that Minnesota's. I said, you know, your son is recruit is recruiting. My son is his number one recruit. He's like, what are you talking about? And then I, and I was like, call your son. So then, uh, so then he called his son, and his and the son actually confirmed. Yeah, Amir Coffee is my number one recruit. Give her whatever she wants. Was joking, oh and God. we laugh and all that stuff. And it was only over a free chair. We're not breaking any NCAA rules, but we laughed and joke, and we had a really great time. So my point is, I like any coach who likes my son. I like any coach who want, has an interest in developing my son. And as far as Ben Johnson getting that job right now, I am belly dancing, break dancing, doing every other kind of dance because he was by far one of my favorites. There were over 40-some coaches talking to us all the time. And I was absolutely in love with Ben. And many coaches, I just feel like, are not maybe necessarily high on integrity, but I always felt like Ben was and I just want the best for him and I want him to thrive and soar and I know he will because he's that type of guy so any coaches interested in my son I like him Ben I love him that's amazing I love that story and I I agree I'm it's you love seeing hometown people and like people from Minnesota stick around and and move up the ranks there so I'm I'm super excited to see him as a coach Yes, absolutely. And I can't believe you've been there five years. You survived the winter and you're still there. <laughs> I, I'm from Iowa. So I oh, like, so you know, you know, exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. And honestly, it, like anything is an upgrade from Iowa. So <laughs> it's been fine. <laughs> okay. 
and the basketball is much better. I I do photography and gotta take some gophers pictures. I've I've t- I have some of the mirror and page and all that. And so Minnesota Hoopers, they're they're good. Like it's it's a state of hoopers. They don't get enough credit, but hopefully they they'll get more now. Well, thank you for saying that. But Iowa State, when Fred Hoiberg was there, they called him the mayor, was the bomb. They just were. And he was, <laughs> that was his first scholarship. And then Iowa, and then Iowa Hawkeyes, I'm still mad at them because they beat Sydney's team like they stole something in the NCAA tourney. I was embarrassed and had to wear shades. But um, <laughs> yeah, but Iowa had it going on for basketball. So thank you for saying that. For sure. So we got. Uh... Thank you, Bree. We got another NBA mom, mother of Terrence Mann, and a coach herself. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Dania! <laughs> yes, yes, Dania in, in the house. Dania in the house. I have no idea how this works. I hope you guys can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. Oh, my God. So, so glad cool. you're here. Hugs uh, to you. Hugs, you know I'm going to support my my NBA moms, whatever they are doing. I had to. It took me some time to download the app and get accepted, but I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> and you, same here, they, Zania, Same here. They better accept the NBA mom and a coach herself with a basketball app. You know, they better accept you. Uh, I know. <laughs> Terrence is just killing it, Mom. Terrence is killing it. I'm like, oh my yes. god, I'm cheering for him like Hercules. Hercules, just like he's my child. <laughs> It it took a while, but his confidence is there, so I'm happy for him. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, we got Chris. So Chris, do you got a question for the lovely three queens? We- yeah. So it's uh, first off, thank you, Shiva, for doing this. It's super awesome. Um, listening to you uh, for the last little bit here. Um, and this question is for Shiva, but but if if Danny and Wendy, you guys want to jump in, absolutely do so. Um, I want to go back to something you talked about earlier, um, you know, gratitude and, and trying to appreciate the moment as best you can. What advice would you give, you know, either to, to other moms or, or to anyone listening here about, you know, kind of stopping, you know, at different parts of the journey and trying to reflect and, and trying to take in as much as you can because, you know, you can blink and, and it can all be behind you real fast. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody was calling me and you cut out. I didn't get the whole question. Can you repeat it again? I'm sorry. What advice would I give somebody doing what? Yeah, no worries. Um, for, you know, just in terms of like trying to appreciate the moment and, and stopping and reflecting and, and taking in different parts of the journey because, you know, you can, time goes by and, and next thing you know, everything's behind you. Right. So one of the things, there's two things that I always say, no matter what's going on in our lives. Um, when I'm talking to the kids or giving advice to anybody, um, especially when something's not going the way you want it to or something's really, really bad or something's really, really desirable. I'm like, okay, this might suck, but it's also somehow a gift in disguise. It's helping you in some way, even if you can't see it right now. And I promise you, I promise you, somebody, a lot of somebodies would trade with you. Right now, they would trade this icky situation or whatever it is you're not that you don't like. Um, they would trade with you in a millisecond because sometimes what we think is our nightmare is somebody else's dream. So whatever it is, get through it. You're not going to die. Get through it, and you're going to be better on the other side because it's going to be something that's going to help you moving forward, or it's going to help you help somebody else moving forward. So just know somebody's going to trade with you and your nightmare is somebody else's dream. Awesome. Thanks so much, Danny and Wendy. If you, if you guys want to jump in, uh, you can, if you want, but that's all. Uh, I would just say that, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of moms um, really don't have a lot of basketball experience. So they think like they can't talk to their sons about. I can't hear Danny. Are, are you guys there? Can- yeah. Say it, it again. It's funny because Terrence was calling me as soon as as I started talking, he's calling me. So I ignored him. He's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love he can probably I love call it. somebody else in the house if it's important. But um, I was saying that uh, a lot of moms feel like they can't discuss basketball with their professional sons because they don't really know much about the game. But what you got to understand is you have to help them. You have to be their mental support, you know. And I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only physical, it's a lot of it is mental. And they go through their ups and their downs, and there's a lot of things they can't handle. So they always need that motherly advice. You need to coach them up, even if you don't know anything about the game. Be their support. You know, since they were babies, they relied on you on so for so much. 
and they still do. As old as they are, they still rely on their moms. So I would just encourage mothers to continue to be that mental support, um, voice of encouragement. You know, there's a lot of things out in the world that are keeping them, you know, trying to keep them down and hold them back. But you have to be the number one fan and biggest supporter on good, in good games and bad games. So I just would uh, share that advice to all the, the moms. Yes. I just want to say, um, for those who don't know, Dania was a coach. So, Dania, why don't you speak to the people here at the platform about your coaching, um, like how your coaching um, abilities was able to help Terrence? Because you're saying that not a lot of parents understand basketball or not a lot of mothers, and you're absolutely right. So Terrence may have had an advantage with you being a coach. So how were you able to use that to help him get to where he is now? Well, you know, it's funny. I always say uh, Terrence and I have the, our, our language. Basketball is our language of love. Like 90% of the time that we're talking to each other, it's about the game of basketball. And so I've learned to be a parent through, um, through giving him advice about the game and then reflecting the things that he goes through on and off the, on, on the court, um, you know, uh, as, as example of life. Like you're going to have good games, bad games. You're going to have good experience in life, in life, bad experiences in life. You know, you're going to be up one day, down the next. Um, so I kind of was a coach. He learned the game of basketball through a coach's lens. He learned how to play the game through my eyes. So before he was even able to have the physical ability to be such a, an elite player, he knew the game like the back of his, like the back of his hand. He, you know, his IQ is through the roof because he spent a lot of time watching game films with me, watching me coach, watching me practice. And for a coach's son, a lot of the quality time you spend with your parent is when, you know, are surrounded the game of basketball. If I came home at nine o'clock at night, you know, I have to watch game film. If he wants to spend quality time with me, we have to watch it together. You know, if, um, you know, if he's, tra I'm traveling and I could take him with me, um, you know, we're, we're traveling for the, for the purpose of basketball. So, you know, basketball just became our language of love and our, our opportunity to bond was always around the game of basketball. So, you know, he, uh, he really, like I said, he really learned the game through a coach's eyes. And that's why sometimes the way he plays, he understands the intangibles of the sport. And he understands how doing the little things is so important for the team's overall success. So you'll find he appreciates offensive rebounds. He appreciates making the extra pass. He appreciates diving on the floor for loose balls. He appreciates defending the best player on the other team because he's heard me, you know, rant and rave and go crazy when my girls weren't doing the little things and we lost basketball games. And losing in a coach's house is not a good thing. <laughs> you know, sometimes losing means, you know, I might come home and, you know, I might not be in a very good mood, you know. So it's not, you know, losing is, is something that's, you know, not fun in, in our, was not fun in our household. So he will do every and anything to make sure his team doesn't lose. He can't shake off a loss like every other player can. It just became part of our, part of our, our daily lives, winning and losing our, our, our entire existence as a family was defined by winning and losing. So there's just a lot of things, good and bad, that went into being a coach's son. But um, I think he appreciates so much more the mental part of the game. And he could provide that, that perspective to some of the other players on his team. Like you could see him always encouraging them, always telling them, keep their head up, always telling them, next play, move forward. It's okay, because he's learned these lessons through our, through our language of love. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. I got to jump in here because on Tuesday, all three of your boys played. And I don't know what it is, but Ken Birch is a kryptonite. So <laughs> Orlando got the dub. But what, what was it like? Were you guys all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wendy and I did have a, a conversation prior to the game. Yep. And, and I, I don't know if I should say this. I might get in trouble by all of them if I say this. But I think we all fell asleep during that game. <laughs> okay, wait, Daniel, you were supposed to keep that a secret. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. Why I wow. Wait a minute. That's why I was. Yeah, I got it. I got it. The next day, we were falling asleep. 
She was falling asleep no. at virtual games. Now y'all fall asleep <laughs> like this. I'm going to have minute. to. Listen. Wait, wait a minute. It's Those ten games a, are a little late. Here. It's 10 That's o'clock right. for us when they play. So by the time it's, you know, the end of the game, we're tired. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're moms. We're, we got a lot going on here today. We, yes. Is there so that funny, the next day we, we, all, we all spoke the next day. And it was funny <laughs> that. Each conversation was about how we fell asleep, but we promised each other not to tell our sons <laughs> that we were asleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, That's y'all got to keep that secret. Daniel let the, <laughs> let the secret out, but we got to keep this just close just in, in right room. here. Yeah, just in the locker room. But well, for the record, no, for the record, Kem, the Kem's won. You, Kem's, Kem's got the series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. Fantastic. <laughs> Is there a lot of banter between, that, between the moms? Um, no. Friendly, no. no, I don't think it's banter at all. At all. It's, it's no. actually, I, I'm a fan of, of Orlando, and I was telling Wendy this because yeah. Kem, Dwayne Bacon, played with uh, Terrence of Florida State, Michael Carter-Williams, he grew up in, Ter- Terrence and him grew up together, Um, and uh, there was one more, um, Dwayne Bacon, Michael Carter-Williams, Kem, and, uh, oh, Jonathan Isaac played at Florida State with Terrence, so they're my favorite team other than the Clippers, so. Right. <laughs> it could have gone either way for me. So a lot of fun, eh? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think it's more of a sistership. I think we're all competitive and we want to win, but we know so many other players and we have a ton of kids when you adopt some of the other players, so to speak. Of course you want to win, but it's always fun and we're just always supporting each other. I, I, I call it a sistership. I love it. Absolutely. I mean, Sheba, we text each other at the end of the game. We're like, good night. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Although I may have fallen asleep again, so I don't know if I hit you with a good night after that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry. Wait a minute. Don't y'all get the wrong don't y'all get the wrong idea. I'm not saying I'm a party animal, but sometime I can stay up. It just didn't happen that night. That's <laughs> the only game I fell asleep on all year, I swear. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, I'm I'm down too, but we're gonna keep that a secret. No, but we're supportive moms. Like we we watch our kids play. You know, what I mean, all the time for the most part. I mean, not the whole game, but I mean that particular game for me, it started at eleven. So you know what I mean, right? <laughs> I was tired. So I was rooting for you guys, and the the Clippers were killing us. And I woke <laughs> up, and y'all won. Thank you. Yeah. So oh, I would, yeah, it was the end of the fourth quarter, and I was like, yo, what's going on? And I watched yeah. the end of the game. So. Don't remind me. That's like pouring salt in my wounds. And then I don't remember because the days are all running together. But one night, like, uh, well, several nights, but this one night, Terrence Mann was just killing it. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yep. my God. And then when I woke up, I'm like, wait a minute. Did we win? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never even saw Amir get in, but I was jumping all around. I was so exhausted. I wore myself out. So, yeah. <laughs> do, you ladies, do you ladies speak with your kids after the game or during the game? Uh, yeah, I speak to Terrence after every game. Even if I've fallen asleep, which only happened once, I swear, yeah. he will call me and I will wake up and we'll talk about the game. I mean, we yeah. definitely debrief after every game. Yes. So, yeah, I'm not that diligent, so I don't talk to Amir after every game. Sometimes <laughs> I'm super late. We'll talk the next day or whatever, and uh, no, not after every game. But he knows and he feels I'm watching with my eyes open. And so <laughs> that's that's the main thing we talk about. We don't talk about his performance. I'll just say good game or something like that. Or, no, you didn't miss both of those free throws or something like that. But – you know, we're going we're gonna to tweak it and move it forward. But he, he thinks I'm watching most of the time and watching awake. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kim and I speak after every game. Um, so it's really important for me, um, especially fourth quarter, to, like, pay uber attention to what every – I mean, I, again, I watch every game, right? But that game in particular, because they came back, now when he and I were talking, we were talking about the comeback. Mm-hmm. So understand a lot of the comeback I didn't see mm-hmm. the first time, you know what I mean? But – he always keeps up the breast and say, yo, this is what happened and talks about the team and what, you know, what they did well, what they didn't do well. And that particular, right, he just wanted to chat. And I'm like, it's great. It's 2.30 in the morning here. Love you. Goodbye. And that's how that <laughs> conversation ended because, you know what I mean? It was, it, it's just late. But again, as, as moms, we're supportive, right? We do what we have to do. So, yeah, it sounds it's like all in love. 
it sounds like both of your sons are a little bit more communicative than Amir because he's real quiet. So he's not going to want to talk about it, especially if he doesn't have a good game. It's like, oh, next subject or something like that. Like, mom, can you make me some food and, and send it or something like that? But yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Um, we got Emily back up. She got a question. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad all three of you are here now, but it, um, listening to you talk about your experience being a, a mom and a coach, um, I wanted to know a little bit about your feelings on some of the things we've learned about this year's NCAA tournament and the lack of support mothers who coach have been receiving this year. Yes, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I know plenty of, uh, head coaches who have, um, children and even some have had have babies and it's very hard to be torn from your child at that moment um because of the NCAA tournament but I tell you one thing when you do when you are a head coach and you do have a team your those girls are like your daughters so you tend to sacrifice a lot for those for those young ladies and sacrificing time with your family for your team is not a real it doesn't it's not a real it's not too much of an issue because you do it every single day you know you you spend more time sometimes with your team and your staff than you do your own family i mean we spend long days whether it's it's you know in the office early in the morning and leaving late at night um because you're watching film or traveling 3 to 4 days out of the week with your team um and and leaving your family behind so yes although although it was very unfortunate that you know, because of the situation, uh, mothers had to be separated from their their families. I do believe that each each one of them would wouldn't wouldn't trade it. I mean, would you know would you know don't mind sacrificing the time with their family for the sake of their team because your team becomes your family. Um, so it's not really. I mean, and you're just working. You've been tra- you've been doing it for so long, balancing both for so long that. You just kind of see it as a short period of time, just like a road trip. You know, mom's going to be away for four days. I'll be back. Don't worry about it. I think I think the women coaches who do have families kind of see it that way as well. Like, this is just something that I have to do. I have to go, you know, with my family, my other family who are, who are my players and my, my coaching staff, and mom will be back. That's, that's, that was, that's just my feeling. And, and after speaking to a lot of them, that's how they approached it, just to keep their own sanity about it, too. That's how they have to approach it. No, I totally get that. I mean, working moms are, are working, our working mothers, they are living two lives all at the same time. So I really appreciate um, your insight. And- Thank you. Well, um, I don't think anybody has any other questions, so we're going to close it off so everybody can enjoy the rest of their good Friday. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, we're courtside moms. Uh, Danny already had an interview with us, so you guys got to check that out. It was great. Mother of Terrence Mann. Sheba's episode will drop on Wednesday. She's got three professional basketball players that, she, that call her mom. So we'll see you guys all next time and Wednesday. And for Dania's episode, just look on to Apple or Spotify, wherever you guys go. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having Thank you guys. Have a good you. day, everybody. Bye-bye. You too. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Take care.